Hello, everyone. I'm Warren Smith, and I'd like to welcome you to the Ministry Watch podcast. Today, I welcome back to the program Jane Schoen, and we are joined by her colleague, Amy McClintock. Jane and Amy are with the Strategic Resource Group, an organization that funds projects to reach unreached people groups in the Middle East and North Africa, the so-called MENA region of the world. Almost two years ago, I reported on a new initiative by the Strategic Resource Group that, if successful, could have a dramatic impact on the way we do Bible translations. They are using a so-called translation service provider, an organization that normally translates contracts, treaties, movie scripts, books, and all manner of other material, but in this case, they're translating the Bible. The company it's using is called Lingua Links. I wrote an article about this process in August of 2021 for the Ministry Watch website. But one aspect of this project that is different from those undertaken by traditional Bible translation organizations is the remarkable degree of transparency SRG has shown to me in this process. Last year, for example, I checked in with Jane in both January and August, in other words, at the six-month and one-year marks, to get updates on the project. And that's what we're doing again today. The difference today is that Amy McClintock has joined SRG in a leadership role. In fact, she is taking over the management of the SRG's uh, TSP process. So she'll be joining Jane and me in today's conversation. The very fact that Jane and Amy and SRG are allowing me to have these regular check-ins is dramatically different from the way the Bible translation industry normally operates. It's an industry that's been cloaked in secrecy and layers of bureaucracy. In fact, over the last two years or so, I've written nearly two dozen articles on the industry and its practices, and I'll have links to those articles in the show notes. I encourage you to check them out. But until then, here's my conversation with Jane Schoen and Amy McClintock, which we had via Zoom last week. Well, Jane, welcome back to the program, and Amy, welcome to the program for the first time. Jane, uh, you know, you and I have been having these sort of regular check-in conversations about the progress of uh, translation service providers and your work uh, with, um, you know, unreached people groups, UPGs, uh, in the Middle East, North Africa part of the world. But I understand that you have turned over uh, this work, even though you're still SRG, Strategic Resource Group, you've turned this work over to Amy. Uh, is that accurate? Yeah, it's good to see you again, Warren. Um, yes, I led the UPG fund um, generally through 2022, but Amy was there um, to succeed me. And so we did the handoff at the end of 2022, and she is moving ahead with the direction that we've been talking about. That's great. Well, Amy, I guess I'm probably then going to direct most of my questions towards you, though. Jane, thanks for being on the call and feel free to pipe in uh, as you see appropriate uh, or as you think appropriate. Um, so, Amy, uh, let's just start with some basic questions. You know, uh, th this is a kind of a grand experiment to use uh, translation service providers, TSPs, to do translations of the Bible. Uh, you know, a lot of our listeners, regular listeners to this podcast, 
podcast will, of course, know some of the background, so I won't rehearse all of that. Mainly, I just want to ask you, how's it going? Are you on schedule with the progress that, you know, that you'd hope to make? Are you more or less still on budget? Are you still hopeful about this process generally? Do you think this can work as a new way to do Bible translations? We absolutely know and believe that it can work and it does work. And we're proving that in Hijazi and Siraki, the two languages that we first piloted with TSPs. Siraki is actually 67% of the translation is complete at this point. So the full New Testament and then some of the Old Testament Bibles with about 53% of the translation and review being complete, meaning those are ready to go. We could use them today. And Hijazi, 67% of the translation is also completed with about 48% of the translation and review. So it is on schedule. It is on budget. And we are expecting to finish both of those by the end of 2023, the written and audio versions of Hijazi and Siraki full Bibles. Well, that's pretty remarkable. Let, uh, let me uh, ask a couple of clarifying questions and then move on to another question. When you say uh, translation and review, my recollection from my earlier conversations with Jane is that there are actually two levels of review. There's the, you know, the sort of the quality review, the the translation review, and then there's also the theological review, where you actually have, you know, biblically orthodox scholars look at these translations to make sure that, you know, if there are troubling passages in Scripture, that, that they're translated appropriately. When, so when you say review, do you mean both of those levels of review have taken place? Yes, and actually a third as well, the community review. So we have a linguistic review, the theological review, and a community review. So in both cases, in Hijazi and Siraki, when I say 53% of it is reviewed, that includes all three reviews ready to go, could be used right now. Well, that's remarkable. Uh, You know, I've been, like I say, covering the Bible translation world for a few years now pretty carefully and and paying attention to it uh, for many years. And uh, it's very difficult to find a firm number about how long it takes and how much it costs to translate a Bible from the traditional Bible translation organizations. Um, But it's in the many millions of dollars and typically many years. I mean, I've heard numbers as high as 15 to 20 million dollars and in, you know, anywhere from five to 30 years to translate uh, a Bible. One of the things that caught my attention about what you guys are doing is that one year, a quarter of a million dollars, or maybe with all the reviews in $350,000 in a year, more or less. Um, first of all, is my recollection accurate? Was that your original goal? And secondly, how close are you to meeting those goals? It sounds like on the timeline, you're, you're pretty close. What about on the money side of things? Sure. I think your recollection is correct. I think we were estimating uh, about 24 months. Hijazi will end up being about 28 months. Uh, And as we're starting to build out methodologies and processes to support the work that we're doing, we're actually looking at a 36-month timeline, partially to give ourselves a little bit of room, uh, but also to include making sure we have time for the audio review or audio recording and all of that. So the translation and review piece, I believe it would be accurate to say, is around $400,000. And then the recording on top of that and the distribution and communication of that, we would probably estimate around another $500,000. But we're still in the process of firming up those types of plans. So even still, to say a million dollars, 
for one translation that includes the recording and distribution and communication, I think would be fair. And from what I can tell, based on uh, my reporting and research, that is dramatically, maybe even by a geometric factor, um, you know, uh, cheaper and quicker than what we're seeing from the Bible translation industries. But um, again, and I want to transition maybe to a, a yet another kind of series of questions. You, you know, you've you've handpicked the languages that you're translating here in the beginning, which is not to say that they're not, that they're the easiest language. Is in other words, you have handpicked them, but not. Not because they're easy, but just because they're you know, important to um, you know to your work working in the MENA region um, uh, of the world, uh, Middle East, North Africa. But still, that does raise the question: Is this scalable? Uh, I know that um, that the Unreached People Group initiative of Strategic Resource Group, I think, is planning uh, around. You've got thirty-one languages targeted. Am I remembering that number right? That was the original number, so you are remembering it correctly, but it's 34 now. 34 now. So I'm assuming that this that this process might scale up to the 34. Is that fair to say? Yes. Yes. And we are, as I mentioned before, we're actually developing and formalizing a methodology and process so that we can scale it, so that we're not reinventing the wheel or the process every time we start a new language. We are learning with Hijazi and Saraki what's worked or what challenges that we've had and adjusting to that and then tracking those learnings and applying them to future projects so that we're not learning again something that we've already learned in other projects. So can you give me some sort of an idea of uh, of when you're going to be starting other projects? Uh, I mean, you know, you've you've been working on these two languages now for over a year. Within a two-year period, you will have them complete. But the clock starts over again, you know, with these other projects. Do you, do you envision a time where you can start many of the languages at once or where, where you can start them in quick succession with each other? Or are you going to have to just do one or two at a time and, and put them on the end of each other? No, we actually have a plan over the next three years to start languages, multiple languages within the year. So last year in 2022, we actually started eight additional languages full Bible, written and audio. This year, we're forecasting to begin nine. And it's a lot, of course, but we have um, a team, of course, that can help us manage the project side of it. And by finding the TSPs to do the translation, of course, we're not training the translators to do that. They're taking care of that, uh, which makes things a little more efficient. Well, not to put you on the spot, Amy, but uh, based on what you said, um, would it be reasonable for someone like me to come to this conclusion? Uh, you've started and nearly finished two, or you're within the you know side of the finish line with two. Uh, you've you've started eight last year. You want to start nine this year. It's going to take two years in round numbers uh, to you know finish these projects. If I check back with you six months or a year from now. Um, are are you going to be able to tell me, yeah, we've got two languages completely in the can. We've got the first, the next eight languages well started and should have them finished pretty soon because you started them the year before. And uh, I mean, are these reasonable expectations? If I, if I check back with you six months or a year from now, are those fair questions? Yes, and they are. That is the expectation. So we would expect to have the same timeline with these new projects as well. So the ones that started in 2022, we would expect to see finished 
by 2024 or early 2025, depending on when they started in 2022. Yeah. Um, when we, uh, Jane, whenever I was talking with you, uh, you know, both six months ago and a year ago, and then earlier than that, because, you know, because you and I have um, seen it when we first met at the uh, consultations that SRG puts on, if I'm remembering the timeline, this is all from memory, but, you know, you were, you were saying, okay, well, let's try translation service providers, TSPs. Uh, let's interview some various translation service providers. Let You settled on LinguaLinks as the company that you used. So let me pick it up there. Are you still using LinguaLinks? And as, as you scale up, are you going to have to use multiple translation service providers or will LinguaLinks be able to handle the volume whenever you've got 10, 12, 15 translations going at once? Yeah, definitely. It's always been the concept that we don't limit ourselves to LinguaLinks. They have finite uh, languages that they can address and um, we'll continue to use them, but we currently shop for TSPs that could address any and all of the other languages so that we can do concurrent projects uh, and keep going. So yeah, that's that's the concept. And and we we talk about scaling beyond one TSP to several, and then scaling in a different dimension of full Bible, but also other products. So once we engage with a TSP, that's just the beginning of a road, a journey of doing many types of translation works for Bina. Yeah, got it. Amy, anything to add to that? No, I would just add, we are constantly talking to three different TSPs, actually. So we are contracted with LingualLinks, but there's two others that we're talking to in addition to some new new relationships we'll be starting in the next couple of weeks just to see what else is out there. Yeah. Uh, let me again pivot in our conversation and just uh, talk to you or ask you about uh, the reception that you're getting both from funding sources and from other organizations in the Bible translation world. I mean, uh, Jane, you and I have talked about this in the past, that this is something very new and different, and that that uh, not everyone, shall we say, views this development. Um, you know, they're, they're not wel- welcoming you necessarily uh, with open arms. I think there's a, a kind of a combination of what, what you're doing being a threat to the status quo, and also the possibility that what you're doing just might not work, and that you know there's probably some reluctance to adopt an unproven model until there is at least some proof of concept, um, you know. Here, it sounds to me though that you guys are demonstrating that proof of concept, and so my question is: Are you hopeful that the traditional Bible translation world might adapt or adopt some of the processes and techniques that you guys are doing or not? I'll I'll give a a two-part answer and let Amy give a bit more detail. Um, we, We are using the process that we use with TSPs now, even in other projects that are not actually using a TSP to translate the Bible. In other words, with a more traditional partner. So the process that we would use with a TSP is being reapplied even into 
um, other projects doing the same kind of translation that a TSP wasn't available for, but a traditional team was. So in that sense, implicitly, we're, we're using our methodology for acceleration and quality checks and so on in even the settings of more traditional partners. And that's really gained, there's, you know, there's no question about whether this is a better process, even in those cases. And Amy can give some examples of that. So, and then I'll say to the other point of even using a TSP, a secular translation team, we don't have um, conversations about that with people questioning it. It's like old news to us at this point. It's, we've, we've moved on to the proof's in the pudding. The projects will be done and you can <laughs> look at the word, the fruit of that labor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Amy, anything to add to that? As Jean said, we do have great partnerships with some traditional organizations, and we've been able to start sharing some of our learnings with them and vice versa. So I think that's helpful. Um, we, You asked if we hope that they'll adopt our methods, and I don't know that necessarily, if that's not necessarily our goal, but if they want to learn from what we're doing and then adjust, we're not out to change everyone. <laughs> we're not out to um, try to prove other people wrong. You know, we just want to do the work that we've been called to do and do it excellently. And if others want to learn from that and adjust and adapt, then that's extra you know, bonus, right, to what we're doing. Yeah. Well, so what happens? Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of doing a little back of the envelope math here. You got you know, two underway, you started eight, actually you've got more than two underway, you've got two that are almost finished. You started eight last year, you want to start nine this year. Uh, that's 19 of the 34 languages. Um, I could easily envision that within a couple of more years, you would have all 34 started. Within a couple of years after that, you would have all 34 finished, Lord willing. Um, but there are thousands of languages out there in the world. Are y'all going to go beyond that? Or are you going to say, well, you know what, this is the, this is the garden that God has called us to, and we're going to stick here. I don't know that we've had that conversation within SRG formally. We, as Jane mentioned before, we have a lot of other products that we want to translate as well for the region, discipleship products, leadership development, church formation. So I, I imagine that our focus will shift there once we finish the Bible. Um, but certainly you know, anything is possible. And <laughs> I just don't think we've, we've reached those conversations yet in SRG. Sure. Yeah. Jane, anything to add to that? SRG as a, as a total remains focused in Middle East and North Africa. So I, it would be a major mission redefinition for us to go beyond that. But we are very open-handed with sharing for others who are working in other parts of the world. Very good. Well, ladies, I'm grateful to you both for both for your work and for your transparency with me, because, uh, uh, you know, to be able to get you on the phone every six months and get an update on what your projects, you know, are uh, where, where your projects are and the cost of them. Uh, I'll just say uh, straight out, it's unusual. I've had I've made similar requests of other Bible translation organizations and have not found the kind of reception that I've found uh, with SRG and and with the UPG, your Unreached People Groups Initiative. So I'm grateful for that and thank you. And before we hang up, though, anything that you want to add that I'm not smart enough to 
ask or that you just want to make sure that gets emphasized in this conversation? I think another thing we're exploring just as a point of interest is ways that we can utilize technology in what we're doing. So we're talking to Aqua about quality assessment, which would almost be a fourth layer of review on what we're doing with our projects. Uh, and so we're anxious to look at how we can use that type of tool to help make the projects better and how how it might increase the review or decrease the review time actually, but also just increase the efficiency on the project. So we're open to other ideas about how to implement technology in what we're doing um, throughout all of our projects. Excellent. Very good. Jane, Amy, thank you so much for being on the program today. I'm grateful and uh, may the Lord continue to bless you in your work and uh, may it bear much fruit, not only in uh, increased translation and quicker translation of the Bibles, but also in the changed lives of the men, women, boys, and girls who will read those Bibles once they are translated. So thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank, thank you, Warren. That brings to a close this episode of the Ministry Watch Extra podcast. As I said at the top of the program, we've written a lot about the Bible translation industry over the past three years. You can find links to these articles, including my January and August interviews with Jane, in the show notes of today's program. Before we go, I'd like to remind you that Ministry Watch is donor-supported. We take no money from ministries all of our content is free, no paywall. That means that we couldn't do what we do without faithful donors like you. You guys are the real heroes of this enterprise. So if you'd like to join this heroic group by pitching in to make sure that Ministry Watch remains a viable endeavor, you can do that by going to ministrywatch.com and hitting the donate button at the top of the page. And I'd like to mention that if you donate during the month of January, we'll send you as our thank you a copy of Dr. Michael Kruger's new book, Bully Pulpit. This book defines what spiritual abuse is and is not and provides both practical and compassionate ways for dealing with spiritual abuse in the church. The producers for today's program are Rich Rosal and Jeff McIntosh. We get database technical and editorial support from Stephen DeBerry, Christina Darnell, Emily Kern, Rod Pitzer, and Casey Suttoth. Until next time, may God bless you.